We know how much that case of unopened 1979-1980 Opeechee hockey cards mm. sold for. Remember, there was a family in Saskatchewan. They found an, an op- unopened case of these hockey cards in their attic. Uh-huh. And this is the first year that Wayne Gretzky was in the NHL. Yeah. So these are this is the holy grail, they're saying. Of hockey cards. Yeah, they're saying who knows how many rookie Wayne Gretzky cards could potentially be in there. Could be 25, could be 30. Could be zero. I don't know if it could be zero. The way they cut those cards up with the sh- from the sheets, you'd think that there's going to be at least one in there. Yeah, yeah, because there's only so many players in the league. Most expensive individual Gretzky rookie card ever sold was a perfect 10 in terms of uh, grade. And it sold for $3.75 million U.S. Hmm. Okay. So what do you think this box of unopened cards sold for? It's got to be, okay, so it's bottom line, three mil. You'd guess there might be two, two of them in there. That was speculation. It would yeah. go for around three million. I'm going to say double that then. I will say six million. Not quite. With the fees, the premium the uh, buyer has to pay for the auction... Five schmilly. A lot of money. Five million. Now, technically, the final bid was 3.7 million. 3.72. Okay. And then the fees and all that other stuff? Yeah, and then you got to pay the 20% buyer's premium, which brings it up to five million Canadian dollars. Huh. So they have to find the Gretzky card in there, but it also has to be perfectly centered when it's cut. Like, it has to be a specific look to no it. No phrase on the edges. Yeah, which they it probably won't because it's brand new out of the box. No water damage. Do you open it and see, or do you keep it closed? Well, that's the big question. The uh, The guys who ran the auction, well, first they say the family's ecstatic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Talk about a windfall. <laughs> They're really pumped. Life-changing money. And they stayed up until one in the morning after the auction ended celebrating. Um, There's about 15 bidders. In the end, it was an American versus a Canadian duking it out. The Canadian won the auction. There so we go. these are staying in our country for uh-huh. now. But they speculate you will either see this person who bought them selling because inside the crate there's individual wax boxes of cards. They will sell off the the card boxes individually. Okay. As opposed to opening them, but then the individual collectors who buy those boxes most likely will open them up to see if they can find the Gretzky cards. Yeah, so this is just going to expand and expand. I was kind of hoping it was one passionate guy who really wanted a Gretzky card. Do a live stream of opening them to That's see how, how many you he gets. That's how you make your money back, too, because yeah. there's people who open Magic the Gathering Pokemon cards, and they'll get a million hits just opening those. So if you strung people along on a YouTube channel, you could probably make $5 million up in a year. Now, I already peeked in my attic after I read the story the first time, but I'm going to I'm going to take another look when yeah. I get home, just in case. I looked at my attic. All I found was asbestos. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> no hockey cards in sight. 3.7 million. Hey, remember a couple of years back, 2022, there was a Rogers outage. If your cell phone provider was Rogers, you lost service for mm-hmm. a day. Caused a real problem for a lot of people. People were freaking out. 
Same thing happened down in the U.S. last week with AT and T. Tens of thousands of AT and T customers affected by a massive outage. A botched network update. Ah, I hate doing those. It's always the updates. It happens to us here in in the uh, master control room of the radio station. Every time we update our computers. Something screws up. Yeah, yeah. They like reset your settings or something, or your password is changed, or the interface is completely different. I hate updating software. I don't trust the update. No. So this took down uh, the system, and people weren't able to use their AT&T services. And in exchange for your inconvenience, AT&T is going to be giving $5 to each customer. Thank you. A rebate off of next bill, I'm assuming. That's right. Automatically applied to your next billing cycle. AT&T says $5 is the average cost of a full day of service. And they technically didn't have to give you anything. It's not the cost of the service. It's the cost of money lost while you're supposed to have that service running. Like if you're what's running your time a, worth? Exactly. And also, what's your, if you're running a small business that needs a credit card machine... And you couldn't take credit that day, then you're out of hundreds of dollars, thousands maybe. Yeah. Uh, Rogers, what was their compensation? I think they did five days uh, worth of service. So whatever. Now, this is the thing. People are paying different amounts. These sneaky Mm. phone and cable companies. What do you pay for your Rogers? It's different than what the guy next to you pays for his Rogers. So you got whatever your five days of service uh, rate is applied to your next bill, which compared to just a $5 bill sounds pretty decent. Mm-hmm. But what I did pay for was a month worth of service. And I did, if I did not get a month worth of service, I should get that entire month fee back, in my opinion. There is a, I think there's a law firm trying to do a class action lawsuit still against Rogers saying that everybody should get $400 back. That's a bit much. I would say, why 400 Because you always ask for more than what yes. you're willing to take, right? Right. Good point. So, I, hey, listen, if there's a class action settlement and there's a website you can go to to claim your your cash, I'm going to be going to the yeah. website. For 400 bucks. We'll keep an eye on that one for you. But uh, AT&T, for any of our American friends, if you were inconvenienced last week, you're getting a nice, crisp $5 bill. <laughs> These companies, they should come up with some sort of way like uh, to make the phones like hardwired. You know, like a, a line that goes through uh, the land. Yeah. I don't know. Is that even possible? AT&T introduces their new landline telephones. The sound is clear as a bell. No cell service or internet connection needed. Just plug it in and go. You can turn the ringer down, but you can't turn it off. Rotary dial or push button. It even lets your friends know you're already on the line with someone else. So convenient. Order yours with an extra long cord so your teens can sit in a closet down the hall to talk privately with their friends. Plus, it helps you get exercise when you walk to it every time it rings. Hello. And hard to believe, many residences are already wired. Millennials agree. Who needs faulty technology when you got the landline? Now, we're not going to get too descriptive, but just a warning, we are talking about human anatomy here. Story from the New York Post. Does size matter? Age-old penis debate finally settled in groundbreaking study. Groundbreaking. Oh, boy. 
You ready for this news, Jim? Yes, what are you crossing your fingers for? Academics at the University of Kent in the UK have released a groundbreaking study. They have analyzed 265 adult toys, factoring uh, size, material, price, and customer reviews to uncover what women really mm. enjoy when it comes to shape okay, and, and feel in bed. Um, they have found that circumference is more important when it comes to what women are looking okay, for. Okay, myth confirmed. <laughs> so it's not the length, it's the, the other way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is, more, this is more good news. Researchers concluded, this is, you know, they do the hypothesis conclusion here. Women don't place considerable emphasis on large phallus size. Large lengthwise. No, just large. It, it's not the biggest deal. Women don't put a b- sure. big focus. But it can't be a tuna can. Like, <laughs> I mean. What, what I think they have found is bigger is better. Yeah. But if it's not that big, yeah, it might still work. Thanks, science. <laughs> This is not definitive. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I know that might may not have been the what you're looking for here, but okay. I think the big revelation comes later in this article because it goes on and says that over the last uh, three decades, the average penis size has grown by 24. <gasps> percent So those pills are working. They're getting bigger. <laughs> yeah. That's impossible. There is no way a 25% increase. 24% over three decades. Um, Many may think the findings are good news, says this article, but experts warn it's actually concerning. Yeah, because, like, that's not evolution. Like, either they were not keeping track properly 40 years ago or something weird's happening with our water. A doctor who's on this says any overall change in development is concerning because our reproductive system is one of the most important pieces of human biology. If we're seeing this fast of a change, it means that something powerful is happening to our bodies. Could be chemical exposure, pesticides, hygiene products, maybe because people are eating too much junk food or not exercising as much. Just be careful, because if you hint that it's any of these, there'll be guys doing shots of Roundup tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you'll have the canister. Yeah, this must you'll be have it. the canister spraying it down your pants in the backyard. <laughs> hey, it makes things grow. Why do they spray them on crops for? It helps things grow. Get me some junk food. I'm going to be lying around doing zero exercise. <laughs> Are you brave enough to let me see your peacock? Devin Peacock is here. He's our sports guy. Looks like Andy Reid, coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, is about to get a big payday. There have been some talks of maybe because he's 65, he's going to retire. Not anytime soon uh, after 
Uh, word breaking this morning that the Kansas City Chiefs want to give him and the general manager for the Chiefs new deals uh, to up their pay significantly. So Andy Reid is in the middle of the pack right now for coaches. Uh, he's about to become the highest paid head coach in the NFL, which puts him in the $20 million a year range. Bill Belichick was the highest paid head coach. He's no longer in the NFL, of course. Sean Payton was number two at $18 million. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, just hired by the LA Chargers, is getting sixteen million a season. Ooh. So it's uh, it's a good time to be a, a head coach in sports because you're seeing across the board in all sports head coaches getting new deals. Steve Kerr at the Gold State Warriors agreeing to a new year two year contract. He's now the highest paid head coach of the NBA, or he will be next year. Uh, coaches are cashing in. Pretty important part of the team, though, having a good coach. It is. Uh, Mike McCarthy with the Dallas Cowboys randomly apparently makes only $4 million a season, which is a lot of money in actual people terms, but in terms of uh, <laughs> NFL head coaches. Normies the, like us think it's a ton of money. For the uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, it's a surprisingly small amount. Apparently, uh, Stefanski with the Browns is the lowest paid head coach in the NFL at $3.5 million a season. But you'd take a pay cut if you got to live in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, you take the good with the bad, right? That's I mean, a perk. <laughs> I call that a perk. <laughs> Listen, I mean, the, like the, Den- the, the Detroit Pistons paid Monty Williams $13 million. No offense to Detroit, but Detroit's not exactly uh, Las Vegas. Or, yeah, uh, I was in Detroit on the weekend, and... I saw no fewer than six guys who looked exactly like Andy Reid, <laughs> coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. So big hot, guy, big mustache. Hot look down there in America. <laughs> big old duster. Yeah. Sure, wasn't one of them wasn't Andy Reid, maybe doing a tour of the Midwest? Getting nope. Some, uh... Every time I saw one, I yelled, hey, Andy, and none of them turned around. <laughs> Last week on a radio station in Belleville, Ontario, there was an incident live on the air. Now, we've listened to this a couple times. Uh, Jim has been doing some digging, some research to try and figure out what the full story is. But this was posted on a number of uh, industry websites. Mm-hmm. And it sounds legit to me. This is a guy that works at the station was obviously walking past the glass where they were broadcasting from one of the studios. And something happened between one of the hosts that was on the air and another employee out in the hall. Uh, you must be agitated because you're uh, doing things to Sean through the window. You f- stick a finger at my face again like that. Mm-hmm. Ouch. You give me the finger all the I time. I was joking. That's not joking. Shall we take a break? Sure. Sure. <laughs> no, stay on air. Hash it out. <laughs> yeah. No, I think Sean should sit down. We should have a conversation. <laughs> we we oh, don't know boy. what happened there. If it was if something was thrown, like you suggested, possibly Jim, or if if it was a shove, a punch, you a door stick slamming. a finger at my face again like that. <laughs> it sounds like physical contact. It sounds I, like we, somebody's air has been knocked out of them when we, they. Yeah, we don't know exactly what went on. We've been calling up to Belleville to the radio stations to see if we can get in touch with somebody, but nobody at uh, Mix 97 or CJBQ 800, the two stations that we think this were involved in yeah, this incident, yeah. nobody there is answering the phones. But they do have one other station in the building. That's uh, Rock 107. Mm. 
And the morning host there, I'm familiar with this guy. He's, he's a great dude. His name's Buzz Collins. Maybe he'll answer the phone. Should we try to give him yes. a call? Got to get to uh, the bottom of what went down here. Hi, Rock 107. Hey, is that Buzz? Yes. Hey, Buzz. It's your old friends Taz and Jim calling. Uh, we're live on the radio right now. Oh, okay. Hey, how's it going? We just wanted to check in and see how everything's going in Belleville. We, we've uh, heard some audio. It sounds like the announcers are attacking each other up there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, don't know I don't know anything about that. It, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. We figured that somebody told you to say that. <laughs> it's legit, though. This is not a setup. Uh, uh, it, I'll say that I'll say it, there was no setup. Let's put it that way. Okay, okay fair enough. <clears throat> and management would not be happy if you went into details. I can't. I, I can't imagine that they would be. <laughs> so, I so, uh, sorry. I saw this posted, and I was like, it's, I'd expect this from Buzz. I could see Buzz, you know, pulling something like giving this middle up. fingers <laughs> and kicking indoors. But uh, yeah, that sounds like uh, an interesting situation you guys have going on. Yeah. Yeah, it, I, I, it, it reminds me, I have to say, without giving any details to what happened here, uh, I, my very first radio gig, I, I found myself in a similar situation, but, um, you know, right. I was young and, young and foolish at the time. Yeah, well, I've worked with a couple guys. Jim, you're not one of them. Oh. Where I've had, you know in the movies where they have that, like, cutaway fantasy where you just grab the guy's head and smash it against the desk? <laughs> and, then it, and then it cuts back and you're just sitting there staring at him? Yeah. I've done that a few times in my radio career as well. The hallucinating part, yeah, not right, the actual not assault the actual, part. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's, and like we said earlier, it's every workplace, I'm sure this happens, where sure. Uh, there's a straw and it potentially could break the camel's back. You know, you got, when you work with the same people day after day, yeah, it, it's, things, things sometimes can get a little fraught, but uh, I've probably said too much. Well, Buzz, we, uh, we hope everyone's okay physically and mentally, and, uh, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel here for the, for the staff at the stations up there in Belleville. We'll, we'll be all right. You f- stick a finger at my face again like that. <laughs> Shall we take a break? Sure. <laughs> If you're just joining us, we're talking about this audio that's gone viral. This was live on the air at a radio station in Belleville, Ontario, when two employees had an altercation. Uh, uh, you must be agitated because you're uh, doing things to Sean through the window. You f- stick a finger at my face again like that. <laughs> you give me the finger all the I time. I was joking. That's not joking. Shall we take a break? Sure. <laughs> Phone lines are lighting up. one 833 1-833-829-6546. Stories about workplace altercations. Go ahead. Well, it was kind of more me about me not losing my cool because it was a bang. But I had this manager that they hired off the street who reprimanded me for keeping pens on the counter in the wrong spot and reprimanded me for wearing earrings that she didn't like. So it was more about trying to keep my cool and not do that. Yeah, I mean, that's what most people would do. But sometimes you just, you know, you get pushed to the limit. Yes, you do. I'm on my way to work this morning, and I had tears rolling down my face listening to that about what happened. 
How did that situation work itself out, though? You didn't have a physical confrontation. Did she get fired? Did you quit? No, it was a maternity leave, so she was only there for a year. So it oh, was yeah. short-lived. You waited it out. I did. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, and I started smoking again, so then I wouldn't go to prison. <laughs> <laughs> Small sacrifice. Uh, you must be agitated because you're uh, doing things to Sean through the window. You f- stick a finger at my face again like that. Mm-hmm. Shall we take a break? Sure. <laughs> We've got Toto tickets to give away. <laughs> Trying to get back into the show. Hey, you're on with Taz and Jim. Yeah, just listening to you about the uh, about the altercation in Belleville. And uh, in the 80s, we used to call it parking lot justice. <laughs> and were you ever involved in some workplace parking lot justice? Oh, oh yes, of course. I'm a millwright. And... So you get done your work, and uh, you've had an altercation with the guy. You can't do anything in the plant because, you know, you're going to get fired. But you can wait by his vehicle. <laughs> and and after, after you're involved in parking lot justice, like, are bygones okay. then bygones, and, and you move on usually? Are you best friends suddenly? Uh, 90% of them do. 90% of us do. You know, we have a 30-minute, 30, 30 or 45-second uh, scuffle on the ground and uh you know we're walking away bloody 90 percent of the times we shake hands you know it's all good you get it out of your system you have to get it out of your system right yeah but uh yeah that was uh that's what it was back in the 80s of course well now i'm worried jim's gonna be waiting by my car after the show (laughs) (laughs) it's just they, they have like map rooms they have wank tanks in certain places now why not a boxing ring Oh, at a yeah, workplace, right? like we Google should have a boxing yeah. ring, we big gloves, ha- like so you we don't hurt anybody. Yeah, we don't go to human work. resources. No. Go to the octagon. Go to the bouncy castle with the giant sock and bopper boxing gloves and work it out. <laughs> Got to give a shout out to my friends Shane and Nina. They live down near Detroit, mm-hmm. and I visited them on the weekend. And Shane and I had a fantastic Saturday. He had it all planned out for us. Let me guess. Four craft breweries. <laughs> He's a big he craft does, beer guy, right? He does work at a craft, yeah, a yeah. craft brewery. We did have a couple uh, cold beers, for sure. No doubt. Um, but he got his tickets. There was a Red Wings game at noon. Wings versus the Blues at uh, Little Caesars Arena. So we went to that. And I have to take a second here to give a shout-out to Kevin Kingma. Yeah. Kevin is a real estate agent. He's a friend of the Taz and Jim show. He lives in Strathroy, Ontario. And somehow this guy's almost become like a mascot for the Detroit Red Wings, apparently. Really? How? He goes to the games and he wears like a sparkly red tuxedo jacket, kind of like the guy who uh, plays the organ at the Red Wings games. Okay. And they always put him on the Jumbotron. And when they do, he gets out of his seat and starts twerking. So he turns around and gets the booty going More to the camp? More of a camp? side view. More of a side ah, view twerk so you can yeah, really yeah, see yeah. that lower back do its yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. You want to see the silhouette, right? Yeah. I saw him up there and I sent him a message on Facebook. I'm like, nice twerking, buddy. Yeah, he thought he'd get away with it in Detroit. <laughs> he said, where are you? Where are you sitting? I'm like, close enough. <laughs> King was got his own private life in Detroit. With his uh, red suit guy. That was super cool. I, I, My big head was on the... 
uh, the Jumbotron at one point. Oh, yeah? There were some cute kids sitting behind us, and I think they were trying to get them, but when the camera tried to cut to them, it was honestly just my huge head <laughs> on the screen, and I had to slink down in my seat so they yeah. could get the kids on there. But a ton of fun. Big win for the Red Wings, who might make the playoffs now. Hmm. Yeah, Patrick Kane. They're loving him yeah, yeah, in that city. Um, and then we went for a nice lunch. They know how to make hamburgers down there in the United States. Had a nice burger at Mercury Burger in Detroit. And then we uh, we went to the Motor City Casino, and this was a surprise. I didn't know it was happening. Uh, Shane had got us tickets cage side to Motor City Cage Night 18. Nice. So it was an MMA yes. extravaganza awesome. at the casino. Tough to afford the UFC ones, but the MMA, well, you'd probably get up front row and be well, awesome. Yeah, and I'm not like the most uh, knowledgeable fight fan, so it's exciting when you're sitting three rows back. Sure, yeah. It's exciting to be uh, that close to the action. <laughs> and <laughs> there was one fighter there, Jim. 550 pounds. This is like the old days of the UFC, where a 500-pound right. guy would fight a 170-pound guy. <laughs> and it was not 550 pounds of all muscle. So what was this, his fighting strategy? He was a big guy. I think he was hoping that he could get on top of the other guy and just smother him, honestly. <laughs> How big was the other guy? Another heavyweight? Ultra heavyweight. Not uh, as big. Yeah. I, I guess maybe the other guy was 300 pounds. Man, that's exciting. The 550-pounder did not fare well. <laughs> He got knocked on his back and then just kind of couldn't get up. Oh, big tree fall hard. But then after the fight, it was it was truly like a, a novelty to have this guy in the in the cage. After the fight, he comes out, he congratulates the guy who won, and then he kind of hops in the air and does a full splits, lands like into a full splits. The 500 pounder? Five, that's a lot of weight coming Whoa. down on your groin. Just smacked down onto the mat, 550 pounds, full splits, like Jean-Claude Van Damme style. I'm not talking this way. I'm talking this way. Is that harder? I think so. (laughs) I don't know which way. To go straight out sideways instead of front to back? They both seem impossible, especially when you weigh over 200 pounds. He should. It, it was that. like stripper style, you know. You know the when a stripper does. It, he didn't slowly go down into it. He like dropped. Yeah, yeah. When into they, the splits. When, they cut, when they're hanging off the ceiling rafters and they drop down onto the stage and land in the splits. Yeah, it was one of the most impressive athletic feats I've ever seen in my life. If only he could have used that offensively. <laughs> Couldn't quite, couldn't right quite on the other guy's the head. Smack. Oh yeah, or like he goes down, then he spins in a circle and trips the guy. So much fun. Thank you, Shane and Nina, for a wonderful weekend. And if you're ever at a Red Wings game, watch for Kevin Kingma twerking on the big screen. (laughs) Did you see this scandal out of the University of Waterloo? They had these really cool, modern M&M's vending machines that they had installed on campus at the University of Waterloo. However, recently on the touchscreen on the vending machine, an error message popped up. It says... Invendavending.facialrecognition.app.exe application error. And then there's, a, there's more details there. But basically, it's saying that there is facial recognition software in the vending machine. Mm-hmm. And nobody ever would have known about it if this error message didn't pop up on the screen. Yeah. 
Luckily, it doesn't work well, so the software is bugging out. But, yeah, the, the students walk by and they say, wait a second, facial recognition? Why would a vending machine have a camera? And then they're looking around the vending machine, and sure enough, there is a dot with a little small piece of glass Tiny. in there that they think is probably where the camera would be. It's it's almost like the, the size of a, a pin. Yeah, a pinhead, yeah. Pinhead camera. Uh, clearly, they don't want people to know the camera's there. Yes, and right? you would never. Assume. Why would you make it so small otherwise? So I'm gonna I'm gonna try to defend Mars here. Just give them the best. So they could they could try to prevent sabotage to their vending machine, and then th- that if anybody tried to break it or rob it, they could have them on camera like an ATM would. Uh huh. I mean, maybe they're Hold looking on, at there's the cameras in ATMs. Yes. A hundred percent. There's usually like there's <laughs> usually like a little mirror, and the camera's no, I, behind I, the mirror. I know that. Yeah. Or they could be like, but hey, people we want to find are our aware about the ATM cameras. You yeah, think? And that's if true. they're not, and they could also say, hey, we want to know the demographics of the people who are buying our product, which is again an overstep, I would say. But likely, what they're doing is taking that data that they retrieve from the facial recognition and then selling it to a third party, which seems to be what people are doing. That's possible. We don't know. We don't, we don't know if it's one or all of those options, right? Yeah, yeah. That is the trend, though. So basically, they're using you and selling your information, which should be illegal. Collecting uh, consumer info yeah. on chocolate bar and candy-coated chocolate lovers. Mm-hmm. Which is all of us. I mean, do you really need to narrow it down? Uh, apparently, now the University of Waterloo is racing to remove the machines from campus. They're gone. Good. I saw some comments. I posted this story. I saw some comments saying, well, you go to any variety store and you're already on six cameras on their walk there. And then when you're inside, I get it. But a place of business, like the, the university has their own cameras, I'm sure. And I'm okay with that. But it's something about like the sneaky technology, whether it's, it's very sneaky. TV or a vending machine when you don't know it's there. Yeah, I feel sorry for anyone who gets aroused by that sexy female M&M. <laughs> Wearing, with the high heels? wearing her high heels on the front of that vending machine. How oh, embarrassing you know. would that be if that footage hits the internet? <laughs>